Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. If you're new, you can disregard this very first part, but back in December, my good friend, the Reverend Jay Gardner, left us to go to Alabama to become a rector down there, and I was all bummed out because a friend my age who was ordained was leaving me. Uh, But since then, Landon Moore has come into our lives, and he's really filled that void, and he's his own man for sure, but I love this guy. And this guy, and Landon is going to preach in front of you. He's preached here before, but only at the 5 p.m. and the 8.30 at St. George's. So Landon just finished his classes a little bit over a week ago up at Yale. And he's with us for a little while longer during this internship. But I'm excited for you all because this sermon is great. And uh, so Landon, give us Jesus. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Jesus showed himself again to the disciples after he had conquered death. The opening sentence for this Sunday's gospel reading amazes me. Just last week, we heard Jesus turn our doubter into a believer. However, these disciples were out here sunbathing and fishing by the Sea of Tiberias. They returned to their jobs, went back to being fishermen, returned to the world, returned to what they thought was normal. St. Cyril said, their mission is to call sinners to repentance and to minister to those who are caught up in evil in body or soul and all their dealings in this earth. Not to follow their own will, but the will of him who sent them. That is their mission. But they aren't doing it. And so I wonder, I wonder what happened to their plan, their mission, to evangelize, to preach the good news, to lead people to Christ, call sinners to repentance. I mean, just last Sunday, Jesus appeared to them saying, all right, guys, I know you're freaked out. I know you're scared, but peace be with you. Thomas, look at my wounds. Peace. Experience a spiritual high. This otherness feeling of being present with the divine, seeing the risen Lord. But they didn't continue with the plan to go out and preach the gospel. Why? Well, 21st century theologian, St. Mike Tyson, he's not a saint, he's not a theologian. Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. You know, probably the first time you hear Mike Tyson in the sermon. Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. The disciples got punched in the mouth. They were so fixated on plan A, which was to ride into Jerusalem for Jesus to overthrow Rome. But that didn't happen. So they go back to their jobs because they do not believe. They're still confused and fearful of what may happen to them from Rome and now of Jesus. I want to say, what are you guys doing? You just spent three years with Jesus. Saw him with your own eyes after he had been raised from the dead. Go evangelize. But then I take a step back and remember that the Holy Spirit has not yet come upon them yet. I take a step, step back and place myself in their footsteps the footsteps of a human being. Thinking about the times we may have had this spiritual high, this otherness feeling that can't be explained, knew we were so loved, so connected, that everything is fine. 
experiencing Jesus in a profound way that words cannot give justice to. They had a plan. Lord, our plan is to sit at your left hand and judge the 12 tribes. But then they got punched in the mouth, thinking, if only we had done this, if only we had said this, thought this, then this would have happened. We would have had this job, this relationship. We wouldn't have gotten laid off work. Our loved one who died may not have died. Or battling cancer. I don't know what to do. My marriage is struggling, and I just don't know what to do. I read on the news of a mass shooting, a church bombing. Can we relate? Stressed out, depression, anxiety. We've been praying to God, but it's not the answer we wanted. Actually, the outcome is worse. Been praying to God for days, weeks, months, and it feels like God keeps sending us to his voicemail that he never checks. When life punches us in the mouth and leaves us just trying to breathe, we say, I'm going back to my old ways. I'm going to fish. I'll find joy there. I'm happy doing that. Even though I saw the wounds of Christ, I experienced Jesus in a profound way. I have tasted the kingdom. Life has got me down. Things aren't going my way. And so we return to what we know. So my word for us today is Jesus is still there. Still calling you. Still on the beach shore. Desiring a relationship with you. Still in our lives because Jesus chose you. Because Jesus loves you. He's in the midst of our lives. The midst of our fishing trips. Calling us. Jesus comes back to the disciples a third time, continuing to choose them, saying, you have no fish, have you? Not a surprise, guys, you're awful fishermen. You know, it's not noted once in the New Testament that they ever caught fish on their own. Like, this, this is their craft, and they never caught fish without the help of Jesus, you know? But let me get back on point. Once the disciples realized it was Jesus, Jesus on the shore, you know, Simon stopped sunbathing and put some clothes on for he was naked and, and jumped into the sea, right? And when I read that text... I thought of the movie uh, Forrest Gump, you know. Forrest is a shrimp boat captain, and one part he's, like, staring the ship, and he sees in the distance Lieutenant Dan on the dock, and he jumps off the boat to greet him. My point is, like Lieutenant Dan came to Forrest, Jesus comes to us. Peter swam to see Jesus, yes, but this dude was so terrified, so riddled with guilt, so confused that he wasn't thinking clearly, and swims to Jesus. He wanted to get ahead of what was going to happen. He thought Jesus was there to mess him up. But that is not true. Jesus is there to redeem Peter. Jesus will never give up on Peter. And he will never give up on us. Though God may feel absent at times, in the point of confusion, God is still there. Still appearing in unique ways. At church, at a meal on the shore saying, here I am with a few fish on the grill, some burgers, you know, hot dogs, we got veggie burgers too, you know. That was the first parish picnic ever recorded in church history. <laughs> you know, Jesus is always here with open arms, waiting for us when life knocks us down. It might be a tough conversation though, like, imagine the, imagine the conversation, like, on the shore after they ate. It says, they did not dare ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. You know, these guys were freaked out. They thought Jesus was there to kill them. Instead, the conversation was different. You know, Jesus is like, all right, guys, let's talk about this. Really? 
You were all with me when I healed the sick. You were with me when I raised Lazarus from the dead. You were with me when I fed over 5,000 people. I mean, I just saw you fools last week and made Thomas a believer. How many times do I need to appear to you until you get this revelation that what I say is true? I am the Son of God. Believe. Become fishers of people. Preach the good news. Embody my love as best as you can as valuable human beings, saying that there is a God who walked this earth, loves creation, breathed this air, gave his life so that we may have life eternally. Oh, and uh, Peter, you know, I, I ain't done with you yet. You know, bring it over here. Sit down. Simon, Simon, look at me. Do you love me? Simon says, ah, I love you. Simon, son of John, do you love me? I mean, yeah, I love you. Simon, son of John, do you love me? You deny me three times. My love is canceling out your denial. Do you love me because I'm here by the same charcoal fire that you denied me at? To redeem you, to love you. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to love you. And if you love me, Simon, if you love me, follow me. Feed my sheep. Do my will. Do you love me because when you love me, you may not want to go where I call you. But if you love me, follow me. Now, Jesus gives Peter and us a practical example of what it means to love God with all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds. To love our neighbors as ourselves. This self-giving, sacrificial, getting nothing in return, no strings attached kind of love. The Good Samaritan love. That is what Christ calls us to. Do we love Jesus? No, don't go all Episcopalian. I mean, stay quiet. You can say something. You know? Do we love Jesus? Of course we love Jesus. Because Jesus loves us. We are called to love Jesus more than money, more than power, more than fame, more than whatever. Because we love Jesus. And Jesus cannot simply be liked. You either kill him or you crown him in your life. For he had his arms stretched out on the cross, embracing creation, having creation come and witness their creator, reminding us of his immense love. Because this dude didn't stay down. And that is what it's all about. That love that God has for each of us. And we are going to come and taste that love in bread and wine, realizing that God is here to make you new, to redeem you, love you, surround you with his love. And don't be ashamed of this love. Now, Bishop Curry once said, don't be ashamed of this radical revelation of love. Don't be ashamed to love thy neighbor. Don't be ashamed to love yourself. Don't be ashamed to be a person who loves God. Don't be ashamed to be defined by a person who loves Jesus. Don't be ashamed to proclaim the name of Jesus. Follow him. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.